The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Gwen and Mercy Academy High School, the Sisters of Mercy, or any related affiliate. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Monarch Impact. My name is Megan Conaghan and I'm a member of the class of 2023. And I'm Erin a member of the class of 2012 and Gwen's Director of Alumni Engagement. Today, we're happy to invite Dara Lee to our podcast. Dara Lee, graduate of Gwinnett's class of 1997, is the founder and CEO of Dara Lee Productions, an award-winning event design and planning agency in Brooklyn, New York. After attending NYU's Tisch School of the Arts, she performed on many stages across the country and discovered that the magic was actually behind the scenes. Her passion for planning and storytelling led her to work with many top event planning companies in NYC, eventually opening her own firm in 2015, producing events for some of her favorite brands, such as Adidas, Secret Deodorant, and Google. Thanks for hopping on with us. We're excited to yeah. chat with you. Um, you have a super cool job. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure that all the girls will love to hear it and all of our alums too. To start off, we were wondering what was your favorite subject at Gwinnett, and do you still use that subject today? Hmm. Um, I would have to say my favorite subject at Gwinnett was probably music theory um, with Dr. Myers at the time. Um, do I still use it today? Uh, not as much anymore. Um, I used to when I was a professional um, actor, actress, uh, and doing musical theater, but not anymore. But I do tend to use it sometimes when I'm, you know, um, helping build music for, uh, for events, but not as much as I used to. That's awesome. Yeah, I was a music major. Wait, and then students don't have majors anymore, um, which is always so shocking. But yeah, I was a music major too. I love music theory with Dr. Myers. She's the best. <laughs> <laughs> do you do the music for the events as well as the visual, like all the sets and stuff? Um, not so much. We don't like make, we have made music before, um, for like certain kinds of content that we need to do. Um, but in general, we tend to kind of pick the music, pick the playlist, like build kind of the overall mood and feel. So we do tend to use artists that have already been, you know, that have already created content, but we have created like, not like jingles, but kind of, um, musical instrumental background that is original for content, such as like videos for, for brands, things of that nature. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I know you already mentioned Dr. Myers. We were wondering which other teachers were influential for you. I mean, I think, I mean, I was so into music, uh, miss, well, she wasn't a teacher. Unfortunately, she was kind of my, she was my, um, my private lesson, my voice teacher that came in, um, Mrs. Tomasco, I'm surprised I still remember her name, but Mrs. Tomasco used to come in and teach me private voice lessons. Um, was it Mrs. Tomsko? Was, Tomsko, she's still there. She was the my time. voice teacher. No, yeah. she, she actually moved to New York City. And when oh. I um, I was living there, we would get lunch. Um, but yeah, she's in the city now. Her, her daughter just wrote a musical. Uh, yeah, she's, she's doing cool stuff. I've been yeah. following her on Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, she was, um, she was amazing. I feel like she really, I, I think she was the first one who, besides Dr. Myers, who I know she wasn't a, technically a teacher, but she really helped me build a lot of my confidence. Um, you know, singing was my outlet to, I was always pretty outgoing as a person, but I think that she also really helped me build my confidence, learning, 
you know, and it really affected kind of my overall self-esteem. So I would say she and Dr. Myers were probably my biggest influence there. So you were obviously very involved in music at Gwynedd. Do you have any specific clubs that really stood out? We heard that you were one of the founders of Acapella Club. Yeah, I heard that I was, I was like, we really the founders? Jeez. Um, That's when it started. Uh, yeah, you and, and Colleen Frascator, who's currently our director of advancement. Yeah, I think we had started it. That's just kind of crazy. Um, I think I, yeah, I was in everything musical. I was in all of the musicals every year. I was in liturgical music. I was in acapella. And I feel like there was one other that I'm having a, I'm forgetting right now. But um, I, I think I was in everything musical. Uh, I did do lacrosse, I think, for like the first semester of my freshman year, but then realized that this, the musical changed to the spring. So I had to kind of choose between lacrosse and the musical, the musicals. And I, I chose the musicals. <laughs> <laughs> they went out. That's yeah. And I, yeah. And um, so, yeah, we, I know that you and I, Dara, have um, bonded over our mutual love of musical theater because I was the same way when I was here. I did all the musicals, all the groups and everything, acapella. Um, how did you manage to kind of balance all that? Because I know for myself, like it was it was a lot of work, especially when you have a pretty rigorous academic schedule as well. Like, you know, how did you kind of manage that during your high school years? <laughs> uh, um, I should ask my parents that question before me, but... <laughs> You know, it's funny. I, I, um, I honestly feel that I loved music so much. Uh, I think that the acting, I mean, obviously I went to it, into it professionally right out of college, um, out of high school. But so I think that for me, it never really felt like work. It never felt like it was too much work. Um, I, I think I always found the time for my schoolwork in between. Um, and it really energized me. So I, I hate to say it. I wasn't a person who really ever complained in high school about the extra work because the work that I did was kind of amazing to me. Uh, so I, in terms of balancing it, I'm sure I did a lot of long nights. I'm sure that I, you know, I practiced on weekends. I was also really diligent. I think that when I find something that I really like, I'm very laser focused. So it's something that I think also GMA may have instilled in me, but I've learned that my work ethic is pretty amazing compared Absolutely. to some people that I've met. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel that uh, definitely as a Gwena girl too. Yeah, you learn to be very involved and not just focus on ac academics, but you're kind of, you know, trying your best at, at all of these things and um, making sure, you know, you're being able to juggle things and, you know, have them all up in the air at the same time. Um, yeah. Did you have a favorite show that you did or a part that you played when you were here? <laughs> um. I mean, I would, I would probably have to say, um, I had a crowd. I mean, I had, I had two amazing experiences. My, my senior year, I obviously was the, I say obviously I was the lead. I was very lucky <laughs> to be the lead. Of course she was. Obviously was lead. <laughs> I was very lucky to be the lead. Um, one of the leads. And I think that was pretty amazing. I think it was the, I mean, I've never seen this musical ever done again, but it's called the boyfriend. I think it was a Julie Andrews musical. Um, but I think actually one of my, most interesting experiences was um, my sophomore year. I ended up becoming the understudy for one of the lead senior roles. Uh, and um, we were doing, I think it was Meet Me in St. Louis. And she got sick. And so <laughs> who had to go on was a, was, was a sophomore in a lead role. Um, I think that was really daunting to me because, you know, I think it was the first time I had really learned 
darn, I need to know my lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I remember my parents telling me, or I think I found, I think I found out that morning. And oh my gosh, my, you were my probably parent, so stressed. <laughs> oh, I was so crazy stressed. But I remember my my parents told me the story. They went over lines with me the entire day. Like, I guess it must have been on a weekend because I wasn't in school because my parents kept saying they went over the lines with me all day long. Um, so, I mean, I think it was a really great experience for me as a, an actress because that's happened before to me as in my professional career. But it, yeah, I think that was a memorable experience just from a go. You got to be on and you've got to make it work, you know? So awesome. Yeah. So you went on to acting after Gwynedd and you attended NYU. Do you feel that the transition from high school to college was difficult or was it easy? Um, uh, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I think it, it was, it was hard. Uh, you know, I, we, as you know, I mean, we, I actually live my, I grew up five minutes from Gwynedd high school. So I was, we were, were in suburbia. We live in suburbia. Um, you know, I went to NYU, a, a very city school, you know, I think just the lifestyle change for me was really daunting and not just going to college. It was on top of it. I'm in the middle of New York city. Um, I think that was really the most daunting thing for me was just getting acclimated to the city and, and learning subway systems quickly and learning that the college life there is very different than a lot of other colleges. You know, you're, your, your college life is city life. It's not like you're on a campus and you're the only people there. You're, you're, you know, you're navigating a lot of different things. Um, but I think also it was surprisingly what I also learned. And I kind of go back to the last one of the last questions you asked me, I think also my work ethic was really noticeable when I went there. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, NYU has amazing, many smart people, um, there, but I think I just noticed that my work ethic was was higher than a lot of others. Um, even in the theater arts program, I just was really diligent and really um, studied a lot. <laughs> yeah. Was there any specific thing or skill? Obviously, you learned a lot about how your work ethic is and how you really just handle many things in life. Do you feel like that was one of the most important qualities in founding your own company? Or was there something else you learned at Gwynedd that helped you? So I think I kind of somewhat mentioned this before that I I was very, so when I was a child, like when I was a young child, I was quite like nervous about trying new things. I was always afraid of failing um, or like, you know, I, I was awful at competitive sports. I hated, try, like I would hate kicking the ball wrong. You know, I just was that person who was always afraid of everything. Um, and I don't know how, I don't know when it changed or why it changed. I, well, it's probably because of Gwyneth, but I think as soon as I went into high school and I found my passion, I found what I really love to do. I blossomed a lot in my self-confidence and I tried so many new things. There were things that I tried that I, um, that I felt like I, it was okay to fail, like for singing. And, and because I loved it so much, I was okay to try a song and suck. I was okay to like, try for competitions and not win. I was able to just without, and I just noticed that about myself that I was able to push myself, um, in academically as well as, as well as with my extracurricular activities. So I think as a founder of anything, it's a risk. It's always a risk. You know, there are daunting things you need to handle 
Um, you also need to be thinking of 20 different things at the same time. You need to be adventurous um, and some, somewhat safe. So I think that, I think GMA was really my foundation for my character of becoming an entrepreneur. Um, I think that there are other things that I think are also in my advantage. I have four, my parents are divorced and I have four parents and a lot of them are all entrepreneurs. So I think that also helps me in my background. But at the same time, I think that GMA really helped me facilitate that through my life. Um, it gave me the backbone to, to feel fear, to feel fearless, to do those things. Awesome. And so, so we talked a little bit about how you, you founded your own company, but you went from Gwinnett to NYU studying musical theater and living in New York city. And then you were a working actress and then you founded your own company. How did that kind of timeline go and how did you go from musical theater (laughs) to owning an event planning company? Yeah, it's actually surprising. There are a lot of us, um, not a lot of us in like that they own our own company, but there are a lot of theater, um, theater people, I hate to say like lighting and sound and former actresses and actors that are in the events community. Um, and surprisingly, it's not a very, it's not a very far, you know, far change in the sense of how to tell a story. I think for me personally, why I, why the, how the evolution happened was, um, I was acting. I loved it. Um, I found myself, I found myself being more interested in the behind the scenes I loved, I mean, I loved performing, but at the same time, I was like, how does the lights work? How does the set mm-hmm. work? How does, how does the overall storytelling happen? Um, I think also I was a little bit of a person where um, I realized that I didn't also love being on the road as well, as much as I was, I was on the road quite some, a lot. And I think that I liked kind of staying in one place. So a little bit more than when I was on the road all the time. Um, but overall, I think I just, I fell in love. So when I decided to change kind of careers, Um, it, it was daunting for me, but, um, it was something that I had been doing. Uh, I've been helping when I, you know, when you're an actress, obviously you don't always work. You have kind of a second job as people say sometimes. So I was, um, I was supporting some of these event companies in kind of support work. And I asked one of them if I could, you know, they had an opening full time and next thing you know, kind of the rest is history. Um, but for me, it was really, it's really telling the same story and just in a different way. And I tell that to my clients, the way I look at events is the way I look at theater. I, I look at it that the story doesn't start. The story starts when you get the invitation and it goes through like, like a theater, you get your, you get your ticket. You're excited. You get into the stage, you know, you get to the theater. It's the same way you enter an event and it happens, you know, an event mostly happens one day you go to a theater it's one performance and that affects you. So for me, the storytelling is really the story, you know, a brand, like we talk about, you know, we tell brand stories. Um, it's the same thing you're doing on stage. You're just doing it maybe not on the same type of platform. Um, so I think that in general, it, it really isn't a far distance from what I used to do, but now I get to be the director, which is much more fun. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You get to be kind of the orchestrator of the whole thing. And, yeah. you know, have a vision and see it come to life rather than just being one actor in, in the in show. The story. Yeah, I yeah. love being the director. It's awesome. I get to I get to narrate the whole thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, just the other day, I was quite literally like telling telling an actress that I can't name, you know, how to be a little funnier. <laughs> <laughs> and it was interesting. And it was like an interesting for, thing for me to just be in that place. So 
Um, but yeah, I love, I love, and I, even when I was acting, I always kind of wanted to give actors notes, but I, you know, you're not, that's a very bad right. thing to do. So I've always learned that. I think I maybe was a little bossy always and wanted to be a director in my, <laughs> in my former life. <laughs> so hey, I'm doing it a different way. That's not a bad thing. Bossy is definitely not a bad <laughs> word. Um, and for our listeners, um, I, I know that there is incredibly uh, accomplished because I actually used to work in the industry of being the person who attends those events that she was putting on as an editor in New York City before I came back to Gwynedd. And I remember asking one of my publicist friends, you know, do you know Dara Lee? And she said, oh my gosh, she, I've always wanted to work with her on events. And I know I've told you this in the past when we talked and, um, she, you know, she's, people know her out in New York City and, you know, she's Aww. a sought after person to to um to plan those events for those big brands and things and um I've seen some of them they're they're really amazing um but I'm sure there's also been a lot of struggles you know that you've had to overcome are there certain um obstacles that you've kind of faced in your way as you've kind of started building your brand or your your company or um Mm -hmm. anything that you feel like you've had to kind of tackle in your in your career um yeah I mean I think I mean there's a lot honestly but um you know I think uh you know, and it's, it's kind of a thing I always say that people might not understand if you're not a founder, but uh, I, I said, I tell people if I tell, I give people advice now, whoever want to start their own company. I say, first, get a, yourself a therapist because you're going to learn really <laughs> quickly. You're going to learn really quickly what you're good at and what you're not good at. Um, you're going to learn if you're a really good manager, if you really like, you know, talking to clients, figuring out all those little, in, you know, little things are really, really important. And some people don't take it very well um, when they learn those things. But I think in terms of, I think I've, you know, I struggled with self-doubt. I struggled with, um, you know, I finding, you know, everything from self-doubt to finding staff to find, you know, finding employees that I really, really like, that I really, really like. Um, You know, we just went through, obviously I'm in the, I'm in the world of live events and we just went through COVID. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, that was probably the most daunting of them all. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think I've, you know, I've, I've really, there's been a tons of of struggles. Um, But like I said, I think you, it's not really what your struggles are. It's how you manage them and come back from them. Kind of going deeper into talking about COVID, do you feel like that obviously there had really been an impact on your business, but did it slow you down or did it help change your business in a better way? Yeah, it did actually. I mean, yes, it definitely slowed us down. Um, it, it like halted. <laughs> uh, I mean, quite literally, it was really funny. Uh, January, I guess it was January of that year. We saw, like, I saw something that there was this coronavirus in China. And I remember thinking to myself, that's interesting. Cause some, I think an event was canceled and I was like, that's interesting, but it you know, probably won't come here. You know, it, it'll probably next thing you know, that second week of March, it was like, boom, 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 like client after client calling me. Um, and it was a halt, like a full halt of everything. Um, and I think that for me, I was, we were all in the industry. We were really scared. Uh, I think that, but I am like, you, like I am a resourceful, like, what can we do? Um, mm-hmm. So I really hit the ground running. I knew that I had a feeling that everything was going to go virtual. There had been some like talk about it that first month, but I was, and I had done, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to, one of the things I did was I used to call shows. 
So I used to be a show caller. I would call cues. I would understand like how that works um, in a, in a live show. And it's very mm-hmm. similar. It's very similar when you see like TV shows or, or newscasting, things of that nature. So um, when we pivoted, I hate to say that word because everyone uses that word pivoted. We did, we really pivoted to virtual. Um, we were doing live, live stream shows. We were building three, you know, three-dimensional worlds uh, in, you know, in screens uh, for people to kind of click through. And it was almost like a Google Earth, you know, rendering of spaces. So we, we learned a ton. I mean, right now we're having conversations with brands about creating worlds in the metaverse. And that's something that I would probably never talk about. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> if we hadn't even cried, well, if you, yeah, it's a whole other thing now, but it's, um, yeah, if you've, it's a whole other thing, but it's, you know, I think that for me, it's something, those conversations I would never have with clients if we hadn't done any of those things during the pandemic. So I think it's expanded me and made us feel, expanded my knowledge um, of the virtual world in general, but I think that it's also really expanded what we can do. Um, We've done, like I said, we were creating content for a huge brand. We created TikTok content for Neutrogena, something that I never probably would have touched before. Um, Mm -hmm. we were, like I said, I was directing Jennifer Gardner and Carrie Washington on how to say their lines certain ways or, you know, and all all that kind of thing was an editing content that I never would have touched before. So I think that in general, it's really, really interesting. And, um, it's, it really expanded our, our opportunities. I think that, I think now that COVID's lifted, do I feel like there's going to be as much virtual? Probably not. I think people are really hungry for live, but I do feel like there is that possibility. There's always events that people are kind of live streamed in. Um, but I think it's been just a really great opportunity to learn new things. And I'm also that kind of person that is hungry to learn new things. Um, I don't like being stagnant very long in general. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I remember that first couple months, uh, when I was still an editor at a magazine. Yeah, it was it was kind of nice not to have an event for like a couple weeks. And then all of a sudden, because that was like, you would have maybe four events a day for yeah. me. Um, and then all of a sudden you had none and you're like, oh my gosh, I can relax. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, hold on. <laughs> we yeah. need to get back out here. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, it is it is nice to, to be back and um, having some face-to-face contact with people too. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say the only thing I actually really liked about virtual, what I still like is uh, I'm actually, it's funny enough, I'm doing a virtual event quite literally right after this. Um, And, you know, I get to, you know, you can't see my pants, but like I could be wearing pajama bottoms. Like I could quite literally like, you know, and I think that's the only nice thing is that it, it saved my feet and my back because, you know, live events, you're always kind of on your feet. So overall, that's like the only plus I would say that I, I mean, I do enjoy them. I think they're really interesting and fun, but I think that's like the biggest plus for me. I'm like, I get to like do it from the comfort of my own home. <laughs> right. That, and there's no trash to clean up from a virtual event. That is true. <laughs> uh, that is very true. There is, it is definitely very um, environmentally friendly. I will say that. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Is there like a certain brand you worked with or a certain event that you planned or a venue you went to for work that like made you feel like, oh my gosh, I have made it. Like I, this is, this is it. I've reached my goals. Are you still working towards that? Am I still working towards that? Um, See, I'm like the kind of person who's like, I'm never going to like, have I made it? Like, I don't know if I even like think that way. I hate to say it. Um, 
but I, I do feel like I, I try to appreciate when I, when I feel like we've just accomplished something like, holy wow. Um, I, I think the first and the second time I felt that so far was a, my first event ever was, oh my gosh, like I'm starting a company. This is, and this is a huge event. And uh, I think I was just like, wow, I'm doing this. Okay. I'm really doing this. Uh, and then I think in 2019, we did some amazing events right before the pandemic. Um, I was able to, with Secret Deodorant, uh, they were collaborating with the Women's World, um, women's, uh, U.S. women's uh, soccer team. I'm sure you know a lot about that press. They gave them, you know, for equal pay, they gave them like $500,000. So mm-hmm. we, Secret Deodorant was collaborating with them and at, at the time. And so they wanted to support the Women's World Cup um, in Paris, France. So we went to Paris, France and did a whole, did all these events there. So I think that was like a, wow, I'm looking, I'm in Paris, France, and I'm looking at the Eiffel Tower doing our event, you know, our, our, our sheesh event for influencers. Uh, I thought that was pretty amazing for my, in my, like, that was pretty amazing to me. Um, I think Absolutely. the second one was an event that we had recently won for, um, for also secret deodorant randomly. Uh, but that was just a Beverly Hills mansion. And it just felt like one of those like over the top events with just so many flowers and just feeling like it was just a, another wow, I think moment for me, just such a, it was such a beautiful, beautiful event that um, I felt like I was even transported. And I know all the ins and outs of everything. Right. And I don't usually <laughs> ever feel transported because I'm like, oh, I know how long that took to do. But I think that that was the first time I'd ever felt like that and actually was outside myself and, and enjoying the event and watching it happen. So but have I ever felt like I've made it? Maybe ask me that in like 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I might have been invited on that Paris trip and I did not get to go. Oh, <laughs> I think my, my boss was like, no, you don't need to go to Paris to watch soccer. Oh, um, but that would have been pretty funny if we were both there. Um, yes. Yeah, I used to be able to oh, I used to travel the world too. Um, <laughs> But um, is there like a, a brand, like a dream brand or dream, you know, client or somebody that you want to work with? Hmm. Not really. I hate to say it. Not really. I think that I love kind of, I love the evolution of trying new things. Um, I think that there's brands that I really admire. Like I, I love, um, I'm a big fan of Patagonia. Like I'm a really big mm-hmm. fan of like I think, you know, I love the outdoors. So I, I think like brands that really solidify, you know, that really embody a lot of the, a lot of the outdoors and what their, their culture is and, and what they symbolize is, and how much they give back is really amazing to me. So I think things of that nature really excite me. Um, but I don't know, I don't really have like a one brand. I think there's some events that I sometimes think up that I would love to do, like how to, you know, we talk about, you talk about environmentally safe and, and, um, you know, things like that nature. I think about, I think about bringing brands together to do like an all world tour to teach people how to conserve water or something to that effect. I love things that can give back like that. Or, um, you know, a lot of the beauty brands right now are, are really talking a lot about self-esteem and how to, you know, you know, no more photo image, you know, photo retouching. I love that. And I think, you know, I would love like a couple beauty brands that are in competition together to come together and do a tour together to promote women's health and women's self-confidence and self-esteem, you know, putting, putting that money towards something that will really change people's lives is always really important to me. So I think that if we can, if, 
that's something that would be like the dream. But I know sometimes it's always right. hard because obviously that's a that's a a collaboration that might not ever happen. But I think that always would really make me happy if it did. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, you got to yeah. get Secret and Dev to work together on that one. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to like, I'd have to like sell my, my firstborn, I think, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Entrepreneurs, they often seem to have a lot of doubt, the ones we've talked to before, because you don't have this big company name to fall back on. It's all on you. And you also went from being an actor, not having the most stable job to having a normal job. And then you went from one of the not so nine to five job to a sort of nine to five job. So there seems to be a bit of a theme. Do you have any fears that seem to come up frequently? And how do you deter to keep on your path? That's a good, that's a good question. Um, you know, what's really funny, you know, I, uh, I did have a full-time job for like a regular full-time, I guess, I hate to say a regular job, but I did work for, um, when I first was in the industry of events, I, you know, I, I was with, Age, I was with agencies that you know were full time jobs. So I did have a full time job for about ten years, or before I started my company. Um, and then I, but I, I think honestly, I, you know, I, I think for me, why I I would rather be a to be a founder and be an entrepreneur is I really love, um, what's the word? I really love creating my own destiny. I really love the control of figuring out, of figuring it out myself. I think that um, for me, and I really love the freedom of doing that. I think that can be quite hard when you're working for somebody else, unless depending on the nature of the, of the, of the company you're talking to, or you're working for, it can be very different for every company. But I think for me, it was really about that control. Um, I think also, strangely enough, you know, the pandemic, we just talked about that, you know, a lot of the people who had full-time jobs were not so stable. Uh, the people that in my industry, you know, they were the full-time, they got let go, um, they got furloughed and they could not work. And agencies who, like agencies like myself, because we could take on the work um, and I could, I had all the insurances and all the things that could, that could facilitate these events. I, because I wasn't, uh, a full-time, you know, I wasn't working for an agency because we had to keep slim with myself and, and a couple people. I, we were able to bring in more business. And I watched a lot of my full-time, you know, colleagues that I knew struggle and leave the business. Um, so I think that surprisingly, I learned a lot about the fact that because I was at the top level and I was able to, I was able to communicate directly to these clients and understand that I could win that business was I actually felt more control there than I felt being a nine to five. And I'm not saying it's, there's anything against nine to five. I think that, trust me, I, I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't just, I think I enjoyed what I did. I learned a ton. I learned all those companies. I learned why, how I could do what I do today is why is because I did those jobs because now I can teach how to do those jobs. And I need those people who are going to work for me to bring, you know, to be those full-time people. But I think for me, I just want to create a different destiny. And I also want to create a culture. I think that I learned a lot about working for other companies, what I like, I pick and choose now what I like and what I don't like. And I think that I just wanted to create something a little bit bigger for myself. Um, but all of that is risk. And 
I think it's just kind of in my blood. I don't know. I don't know if it's not for everyone. I know it's not. Um, my parents, I'm sure, always are nervous for me, but in the end, it's really up to me. So um, I think for me, it's all about self-trust and believing in yourself. And I think that I go back to self-esteem and, and self-confidence. I think that's something that you have to find in yourself. No one else can tell you what you think or how you feel. You are the only one who can do that. As much as someone can you know, promote you and make you feel good, you're the one who has to believe it. So in the end, it is all up to me. And that's why I really protect how I feel and who I surround myself with and, and um, what I say out loud, because it's really all I have. I think that, you know, and I think that's what's really kept me going, especially during this pandemic. I mean, I could have given up. I could have said, I, you know, we're not going to maintain, we're never going to do this, but I didn't. I was, was like, no, we're going to figure it out. We're going to find out what we can do and how we can pivot. And I believe I can do it. I know I can do it. And we did. And kind of the rest is history, really. I just got a pep talk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's that like, great. I feel like I'm like my, I feel like my little siblings, I have six siblings. They're going to be like, oh, Dara, <laughs> you and your pep talks. <laughs> Which, what uh, order do you come in in the siblings? I'm the oldest. So yeah, yeah I'm, like, I'm, 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 the, I'm the, I'm the old one. see your company says that our promise is that every event has the energy and ingenuity of opening night and the expertise of a 10-year run what made you pick that phrase and how do you feel that you really uphold it in your events i mean obviously they're amazing from the pictures we've seen (laughs) so it's actually i mean you can obviously tell that's like a theater it's a, it's a theater, you know, um, kick to it. Uh, I think why I did it was you, you want the nuance of an event. You want that newness. You want to feel like it's like the the new hot thing on the block, but you want to make sure that the people that are doing it know what they're doing. So for me, it's really all about bringing a freshness to the events, but knowing that you have the expertise to do it and that it's, it's going to run really, really smooth but it's going to feel like it's something that's never been seen before. So that's kind of what I, that's what it really says in a really fancy way. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And um, so I know that everybody's heard us talk a little bit about your events and um, I just wanted to rattle off a couple other um, brands that people may recognize that you've worked with um, like CoverGirl, Subway, we talked about Secret Deodorant, Adidas, uh, Dairy Queen, Brooks Running, CBS, Weight Watchers, Dev, um, Samsung, and I'm sure many more. Um, is that you can, you know, these are huge brands that all of us have, like they're household names, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and these events you're doing all over the world, as you've talked about, like what, what goes into that? Like what, what is the planning like? You know, how long does it take you to work on one of these? And, and just, mm-hmm. So people understand, like, this is a big undertaking. Like, what what's on you when you're planning these? Well, it obviously depends a little bit on what the event is, you know, quite literally. Like, right now, I can't tell you who the brand is, but we're doing a pop-up store in New York in, in next month, the end of next month, that I will definitely invite you to when I can. But it's, you know, we've started, I think we started planning that in December last year, and it's April, you know, the end of April this year. So that's, what, five months like this and like the subway one that I, you see on our website that is very kind of small and intimate. Um, that was, they gave us like a three weeks notice. Um, and we were able to pull it off and it wasn't a huge event. We were able to do it, but 
I think that really depends on the scope of the event and, and what the things are. But uh, generally, you know, we, you know, we are kind of a full event design and production agency. So we really take on everything. Usually a lot of our clients will, most of our clients will come to us and say, hi, we have X amount of dollars this is what we want to say. This is what the brand, you know, we learn about the brand. We become an extension of the brand, learning their story, their color scheme, their, you know, learning all about them and we bring it to life. Um, And usually it's everything from, you know, finding the venue to, you know, hiring every last vendor to, um, to developing the full design, picking all of the, the props and the, and the floral and the decor and building all the sets, um, finding all the talent, you know, hiring all the catering. So it's really literally soup to nuts. And then we're the last ones out the door. So we're the first ones in and we're the last ones out the door always, you know, picking up that last piece of paper from the venue and closing the door. So it's really, it's really everything. Um, And I really like it that way. I think sometimes when clients come to us and they say, can you just do like this piece of the event? And I'm, I usually want to say no. <laughs> uh, I think it's probably my control freak part of me that's just like, I really want to make sure that you're picking the right venue and you're doing right. these things right. And I'm like, well, I shouldn't say right, but I think that's just the way <laughs> it's probably my, but you know, I think I've learned that I, I think that's another thing that I've learned that I have an opinion. I think that, you know, you kind of have, you have to, you being an entrepreneur, you have to have a point of view. You have to understand that, you know, I think that's also what helps me pick our clients. I mean, as much as like our clients pick us, I pick our clients as well. Like there are points where I have said, I don't know if we're the right fit for you based off what we do and, and what we say and what we want to do. Um, and I think that's also another thing about, you know, creating my own destiny. I do love that I can, I can pick and choose technically. Um, and I, you know, I think that there's, you know, when we were first starting, I might've not done that as much because we were starting to get it. But I think that now, now that I know who we are and I know what we like um, and the stories we want to tell, I think it gets, we get a little bit more picky um, based off, you know, based off what we want to participate in. And also, you know, obviously our schedule too, but I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, what's really important to us. Absolutely. Fantastic. And so I know we've talked a lot about kind of your experience at Glennet and then your experience afterwards, you know, Mm -hmm. we have, uh, next year, I know we'll have almost 450 students here at Gwinnett. So, that, you know, we're constantly having... Whoa, you're it, growing yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's, our, it's our, um, I guess our juniors are 125. Yeah. And wow. so, like, some of, it's the large, the most girls we've ever had in the, in the school. Um, How do you fit them all? I know that... I don't know. Yeah, we're we're squeezing every last bit of space we have uh, out of the school um, <laughs> of those two those two corridors. Uh-oh. Um, to, like start but, like, building more additions. Yeah, yeah. If you ever want to come and uh, plan some big uh, event, build a build a whole place, then let us know. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we have so many students that are just hungry to know. You know, how can they kind of go on and make their mark on the world, um, much like you mm. have, like, what would your advice to, you know, your younger self, if you were a Gwinnett student right now, what would your advice be to yourself? Um, be more fearless. Don't be afraid to fail. Uh, I think, I mean, I still had a little tinge in high school, but I would say try everything, like everything, like try it. If you're like thinking about it, try it. Like, and then, 
you might not like it. And that you'll, that's even better to know too. like try everything. I would say, um, I mean, when I mean high school, I mean, try everything like in school, nothing bad, but try (laughs) everything. Um, I think just like learn new things. And I think I also would say to myself, uh, you know, I think that, um, the world's daunting. And I think that, you know, we've gone through like some crazy times right now. And I think that I was a little, I was a little self-involved in the sense that I was in my own little world, you know, we're all, we're in our own little world. Um, and I think that for me, I didn't always know, um, how to, um, I didn't know how to find the advice if I needed it, or like, I didn't, like, let's say I was going through something. I didn't always know how to turn. I think I was like, I never really went to the library to find, you know, a like, let's say a self-help book or someone to give me advice that I could, I could read. I didn't really do that. I think that would be the biggest advice I'd give to students nowadays. There is so much out there for you to read that will help you through anything. Um, I think that there are, I read so much more now than I ever have just for my enjoyment in the sense of not like a, and I'm talking more like a, in a reading, like there are people that help me with my self-esteem or help me with my mindset. Um, there are amazing female authors that I love like Mel Robbins, uh, and Jen Sinchiro. They wrote in some amazing books that really talk about how to set your mind a certain way to be successful in any field you want to go in. Um, and I think that that is so powerful. And I don't think there was as much as that of that when we were at my age group, but I would tell girls now, like soak all that in, like as much as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even just the event you were at the other day, Andrew Duckworth event, she had so much, so much uh, great yeah, book, to say about yeah. grit. And, her book's amazing. Her book's amazing. So I think there's just so much out there now. So go and find it. Go to Barnes and Noble one day and just look through stuff. Like just take that time. I don't know. I think that that I mean, and now there's audiobook. Like you there's like no excuse to not do any of those things now. So I say, because I don't think there was audiobooks when I was doing it. So <laughs> I think there was, but it wasn't the same. So I think that now yeah. it's just so easy. So um, you know, just soak it up as much as possible. You know, I think it's just really helpful. Do you have any advice for any Gwena girls who are specifically looking to go into event planning? I would say it's funny because my path is not linear. So, but I would say what I think is really, really helpful for anyone who does want to get into my field. Um, I think a good place to start is uh, working in hospitality. I always think that's a really good start. Um, the hotel hospitality and is a little bit different than what I do. It's, it's, you're obviously working for a specific venue maybe, but it's a, I would say it's a little bit very specific, but it is a great start. I think also, um, I think the biggest learning experience I had was before I started doing all of like the full scale events, I actually worked for a catering company and I learned so much with them, um, because everything is about detail, like to the ingredients to, I mean, I learned, I can tell you now if there's five people in an event or 50 people in an event, how many glasses I need. Like I could tell you full, like right now, it's kind of crazy. So I think that for me, it's, it's that detail, like stuck in my brain from 20 years ago. So I would say working in a catering company to start, um, uh, meaning like maybe a project manager or someone who's dealing with the consumers in the new business, um, or hospitality, that's a great start or, 
hit the ground running and apply to agencies like mine or others. Like there's, there's tons out there in New York. If you decide you want to come to New York, um, there are, there are some agencies um, here in Philadelphia. There's a really good one here actually in Philadelphia called Sparks. I did work for them when I was a freelancer. I did two events for them uh, under with Google. So they're a great company. They do a lot more conference stuff and trade show stuff, but they're, they're a great company to work for. Um, I think they're also Villanova grads, so they're smarties. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think in general, there's, I, if you're really smart and a go-getter and you're, you know, I mean, I've hired, I'm hiring a designer who hasn't finished college yet. She was my intern last year. She was so amazing. I'm, I'm offering her a job, uh, before she's even started left like college yet. Cause she's so amazing. So it doesn't hurt, you know, if you've got it and you want it really bad and you're, and she was willing to work and, and she learned so much. And so you never know, honestly. Fantastic. Is there anything else you're like, is there any questions you have about Gwyneth, anything you're wondering um, from our resident student host here um, that you <laughs> have, have burning questions about your alma mater? Yeah. I mean, I guess Mike, you know, how do you feel like it's changed since, since we went to school? I mean, I've obviously when I walk in, I'm like, holy moly, there's a theater and there's an amazing like, you know, there's there's a theater because I did, when we went to school, I didn't have we didn't have a theater and I was doing theater and we didn't have like that amazing music, you know, um, rehearsal hall. So I'm super jealous every time I walk in there uh, of everything that's there now. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, I, I think that overall, that's the aesthetically things that I've seen that have changed. Is there anything yeah. else that I, you know. Cause I mean, I, I, I was lucky enough to move back to Philadelphia recently. So I'm really lucky to be able to participate in more Gwyneth things and be closer. Um, so I've seen a lot of the changes myself, but I'm always, I always love to know behind closed doors, maybe like what else is going on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's definitely changed a lot. Yeah. Cause for me, it's been what, um, 10 years. Um, so yeah, we'll both be celebrating milestone reunions this coming year mm-hmm. since you're 97, right? Um, and I know you're, 25. you're you're a class agent. Um, <laughs> so uh, for those of you who are listening, that's somebody who helps you know connect to their classmates um, mm-hmm. with uh, me as the the alumni director and um, you know keeping everybody in the loop of what's going on at Gwynedd. Um So I think yeah, you probably know um, a decent amount of what's been going on since you uh, get to you know listen to my zoom calls a couple times a year. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, so we, I mean, especially in leadership and kind of preparing students for life after college, you know, we focus on so much more than just the academics, you know, it's that wellness program we've launched this year, you know, teaching people about, um, kind of, we have a lot more career speakers, which I know you've come in and spoken on career day. Um, we have Mm. a podcast, we have like a lot of different opportunities for students to get, you know, a lot of, um, experience and, um, we actually have it built into the schedule where the students have seminar periods. So, um, we work on leadership skills and interview skills and resume building and all that, you know, we, we did, you know, on our own time as students here, but now it's part of the curriculum, um, to kind of create the whole well-rounded person, um, to make sure that they're ready to go off to college, which is really nice. And it's really, um, amazing to be a part of that as well um, to see how it's kind of evolved since we were students and um, you know they're just they they have every tool available to them to be successful and it's really nice to to see them thrive that way I love that that's awesome I think that 
that a resume and interview class is like that is the best thing ever to to especially for because especially for going into college because I think that what's daunting is you think oh I'm going into college I'm not going to job yet but then you realize that you're you're interviewing for internships like your freshman summer <laughs> so you're Absolutely. like wait I, I have to interview oh my gosh I don't know what to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And so at the end of the day, awesome. like every, you, you know, you may be lucky enough to work with another Gwyneth girl, you know, later yeah. in your career and, um, you know, come back to school and work here or just work with somebody, you know, in your, in your future. So it's always nice to learn how to like build that network and um, bring our alums back to mentor our students and things like that. So um, yeah, it's really cool to see how we've kind of evolved and grown over time. I love that. I think that that's, I think that's amazing. Um, and I'm so excited to have be a little bit, have a little small part in it. Um, and I love that I get access and I always want to be of, of help. Cause I think for me, I was the kind of person where I didn't have a lot of, um, I didn't have a lot of mentors surprisingly. I mean, I did, but I didn't, I, I do, do feel like I forged a lot of it on my own. I, I think that, so having that network is really amazing. And I, I really would love to be that, you know, for anyone there who feels like they do want to go into this industry or hospitality or something else. Um, I think that that's, I'm happy to, I'm happy to facilitate that and just help wherever I can. Fabulous. Everybody listening, reach out to Tara and ask her, <laughs> ask her your oh, no. questions that we didn't answer today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You'll be inundated with emails. <laughs> um, I mean, I am a good interviewer. I will tell you. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom and uh, your, you know, life story career wise with us. And um, we really appreciate it. And I know oh, thank you. Will too. Yeah, thank you. It was really great to talk to you and just see what life is like after Gwyneth. <laughs> it's good. It's great. You're going to enjoy your life. I know you're gonna have an amazing life. I think because Gwyneth really makes you feel like you can kind of do anything. That was me when I left. So I think I'm sure it's making many others feel the same way. And even more now that there's so much at your fingertips. So I can't wait to see what you do. Uh, I'll be well, and I'll, I'll keep it and I'll follow your career. So I'll, I'll be doing an interview with you like 20 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, maybe, maybe 25 years because it is my 25 year reunion, which is kind of insane. <laughs> wild can't wait can't wait to party it up in october <laughs> i am i am too i can't wait to see everyone i'm so excited we did see each other like a like a couple years ago so everyone looks great and we're all like pretty healthy for tw- you know after 25 years so i'm i'm excited to see everyone and hopefully gather them all for, for all of our alumni things so absolutely but, well thank you again so much i appreciate yeah, it it was thank fun you. yay <laughs>